Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Lord, we come into your house. We're thankful to be together this morning. Lord, we're thankful for the opportunity to worship you. Lord, we pray this morning for those who walked in here who don't feel special. For those, Lord, who walked in feeling like there was another difficult day in the process. For those, Lord, who have heavy hearts and those who are broken from life choices. Your word reminds us that we are special. We may not feel special all the time, and yet you are God who knows all about us and loves us so. Lord, as we look at your word this morning, as we hear your voice in Psalm 139, speak into our lives. May we hear your voice speak those words to, our, to each of us in a special way this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Psalm 139. It's a little bit long, but it's worth it. Maybe the preacher will talk less and we'll read more scripture today. How about that? says, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit, you know when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I plea from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine as the, like the day, and the darkness is the light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. If only you, God, would slay the wicked. Away from me, you you who are bloodthirsty. 
They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. May God add his blessing as we continue to sing this morning. Lord, we come into your house and we're thankful. Thankful to be together. And Lord, as we listen for your word this morning, I pray that you would speak directly to each one of us. Speak into our lives. You are a relevant God who loves us so. May our ears be open to hear the difference that you can make in our life. In your name we pray. Amen. If you're a children, you can church. Church fastly. Faster. There you go. Good job. Run, children, run. I feel like um, there's already been a bunch of sermons preached, so if you heard the sermon already, that's good. This is, this is what we will call icing on the icing. Maybe you never heard that. Did you ever hear that? I made that up, I think. Someone might have Googled If you Google it, my face will be there. Icing on the icing. When I, when I see God doing really cool things uh, and heaping blessings on blessings, I, I say icing on the icing, right? Because we don't need any more icing, and yet God says, ah, let's pile it on there a little bit. Yeah, you know, you guys who eat donuts and like cake and stuff, that's icing on the icing. That's good stuff. So today is the second installment in uh, customer feedback. No, not customer feedback. What do we call it? Uh, I don't remember. I didn't really give a name, but this is a scripture that was on one of the Connect cards uh, that was asked um, to be preached about. So if you do have a scripture or a topic or something you really would like to hear, um, we're kind of going through, a, we, have, we had about, I don't know, 15 or 20. Um, unless they're really ridiculous, we'll go over them. Uh, there's been some really good ones. This one's a great one. Psalm 139 is a, a powerful, powerful uh, song, as Dave was talking about songs. Did you guys see what the title is of the message is today? Did anybody read it? Nobody reads it, but Brian Renner, I, put a, I spend a lot of time putting that title on there, and Brian Renner is the only guy that reads it. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate that. I appreciate you, Brian. I want you to know that you're special. God thinks you're special. Repeat after me. God thinks I'm special. All right, let's try one more time. I like, I like, like, I like with little kids, it's great. You get them because they actually get to the point where they almost scream it, right? So let's try one more time. I always tell them, let's let the little kids hear us this time because they're over in the room. God thinks I'm special. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? So I have a question for you. How special do you think God is? Very. That's a... Well, today's psalm is a song of David. Rather, a praise song between God and David. 
David pouring out his heart to God for the gratitude as he realizes how special he is to God. He heaps accolades on God who continued to protect him and who thought he was special. Even in the moments when David wasn't so special, God thought he was special. As we look at this passage this morning, I can't help but think about those moments in our life we'd love to just erase from our memory, that we'd love to erase from our history. Because all too often, those memories, those, that history, that guilt, that shame, controls our lives. It's what we live in. And you know what? It's really hard to feel special in those moments. And yet David, King David, who did some really great things and did some really boneheaded things, was able to recognize that in God's eyes, he is special. If you're struggling to feel special this morning, if you've allowed the things of your past to dictate how you feel, how you respond, how you're walking through life. If you've allowed those things to control who you are, I'm willing to bet you're not feeling all that special. And yet our God thinks you're pretty special. Remember what David did. He was an adulterer. He was a murderer. Pretty heavy things. And yet he can preach this, sing this song, Psalm 139. Because he recognized that God, in his infinite wisdom, in his infinite power, His infinite presence was able to see that David was special. And each one of us is special. See, David realized that he had a hard would have a hard time filling the shoes of God. Right? It would be really hard to understand what God understands. And so some of us live in this very limited, structured, I did this 25 years ago and I can't get past it. I cut someone off in my car last week and I can't get past it. I got frustrated with someone and I can't get past it. And we know as Christians, as believers in Christ, that if we take that to the cross, if we call upon God and ask for forgiveness, the scriptures say that it's As far as the east is from the west, in the bottom of the ocean, are our sins. And yet we live in the midst of the baggage of sin. And somehow, 
in the midst of all of that, God thinks you're special. Why is that? Why do you think God thinks you're special? We're made in his image. Thank you, Chris. We are made in his image. That happened all the way back in Genesis. Right? We were created a little bit different than our cats and dogs, our bunnies and our rabbits, the goats or sheep we might have in our yard. We were created a little bit different. What is it that we have that our dogs don't have? We have a, okay, we have a spirit, right? We have a soul, an ability to understand uh, and to, have a, to, to understand who God is. I'm pretty sure my dog doesn't understand who God is. He understands where the dog food is and where the door to go out is, right? And if there might be a rabbit, that's his big excitement of the day. We have this, we have been created in the image of God. We were his best creation. We are special. And in God's infinite wisdom, he understood who we would be. And he still loves us. He understands that we're going to slip and trip and fall and stumble. And he still loves us. So David, in this psalm, talks, and we're going to talk about three attributes of God that, one, that we don't have, that God has, and he still thinks we're special. Three big words, da, 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 right? Omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent, or omnipotent, I should say. Get them all. Those are three things that God has that we don't. See, in our limited mindset, we struggle. But God's all-powerful and all-knowing and present everywhere. And he still loves us. The first one this morning is omniscient. God knows everything. Everything. The ultimate know-it-all. I like that. I thought that was funny. Uh, God is the ultimate know-it-all. We know lots of know-it-alls, do we not? Or people who think they know it all? That's that's usually not an endearing term that we give to people. And yet God is the ultimate know-it-all because he does know all about us. God is greater than our worried hearts and knows more about us than we know ourselves. Little kids... You know how little kids stand in a corner and they put their eyes over and, and we're playing we're playing hide and seek, right? And we put our eye, and little kids put their hands over their eyes because if they can't see you, obviously you can't see them. Right? Don't we do that all the time? We forget that God knows everything about us. He we forget that he knows our weaknesses and our strengths. 
The scripture says, the scripture starts out, you have searched me, Lord. You know me. You know when I sit. You know when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. Before a word is on my tongue. I always am, I'm one of those guys that's like, what if I change my thought in the middle of my process? I'm going to say half a word and then I'm going to change it. Well, God, no, right? But he already knows that I'm going to change it, right? It says, you hem me in. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. David understands that God knows more about David than David knows about himself. This passage reminds us that God knew us before we were born. He knows when we will take our last breath. And he knows everything in between. In fact, Scripture says he knew us before and he'll know us after. And I'm willing to bet that none of you know what's going to happen in the next second. Because we don't. God knows more about you than you know about yourself. And guess what? He thinks you're special. God is omnipresent. Let me help you. This is a great, this is a great, oh, it didn't show up on the bottom. It says God's view of the universe. It says you are here, you are here, you are here, you are here, you are here. Everywhere he looks, he is there. God is present everywhere. Now, I completely understand that that is a very difficult concept for me to grasp in my mind, right? Because I try really hard to be more, in one, more than one place at one time, and I can't. Sometimes we try it mentally, right? We're physically in one spot, mentally in another. The scripture tells us the eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. When I was a kid, I remember, and I don't even know when, I don't remember, I just remember being young. I got this periscope. And it was just a plastic periscope. You remember? Do you remember? It's almost like those glasses that you can x-ray glasses, you know. You know when you're in the back of the cartoon uh, thing and you're like, I can see more than everything else. I can see around the corner, right? And the plastic was these little crappy mirrors that you could barely like, you could see there was something over there. But, but we, like, we like to think that we can be in more than one place at one time. It says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? God knew exactly what was on David's heart in those difficult, dark moments. He understood David's pain in dealing with his own family and the consequences of what had happened with his kids. David says, listen, I thought it was, if it was dark out, I could hide from you, God. And yet, the night is like the day, David says. God sees us in the midst of all of the things. He's present all the time. Something we're not capable of. It says God is omnipotent. All-powerful, omnipotent, all-powerful. 
Scripture in Revolution, Revolution, Revelation reminds us that the Lord, our hallelujah for the Lord, our God, the Almighty reigns. God has all power. Some of us like to think we have some power. Some of us like to toy with that idea and we use it against other people. But God is the only one with the power because he is the power source. He's the only one that can change your situation. He has the power to do that. And he still thinks you're special. Why? Because you are special. Are you beginning to believe that you are special, not because of how you feel today, but rather because of who God is? That's where our specialness comes from. The scriptures say, Paul, uh, Paul, David says, I create, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb, and I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. And it was never hidden from you. How precious are your thoughts, God. Were I to count the thoughts that you've had for me, they would outnumber the grains of sand. That sounds to me like God thinks you're pretty special. God has the power to change things in your life. He has the power to change the things around you in this life. And maybe you're here this morning and you said, yeah, but he hasn't changed them yet. He hasn't made a difference in this mess. My family is broken. This relationship is a mess. My house is falling down around me. He isn't done yet. I had no clue that Liz and Larry were going to come up this morning. I appreciate it. Four years. I didn't know how long. I knew it had been a while. Four years we have been praying for Lindsay to have a contract job. Four years. If you can do the math, I don't know what that is. That's a lot of days, right? 1,200, 1,400 days. We have been praying for this contract job. And I'd like to say that's the longest I've heard of people praying for something that hasn't happened. I'd love to tell you, well, that's the longest one ever. That's a Guinness World Book of Records. But we know it's not. I, I know people who are continually praying for their family and friends to come to Christ. For their family and friends to make changes that need to be made in their life and for them to see that God is working around, in and around them. It's not that we pray for a week and nothing happens and we get done and we're over with it. It's that we keep taking it to God. He is all-powerful in our lives. And, remind, and let me remind you real quick that not always does he solve the problem the way you want him to solve it. 
There's a guy in the New Testament. I think you might have heard of him. His name is Paul. Do you ever hear Apostle Paul? You ever hear that guy? He had what, what the Scripture says was a thorn in the flesh. Lots of, there's a lot of speculation about what the thorn was. Maybe it was a thorn he just couldn't get out. I don't know. A thorn in the flesh. And he says, I asked God to take this away. Three times I asked him to take it away. And you know what, God, what the response he got was? Great response. You're going to love it. My grace is sufficient for you, and my power is made perfect in your weakness. Guess what, Paul? You're going to have this thorn. Deal with it. It'll help you to remember who's really in charge. Just because you have a thorn in the flesh doesn't make you less special to God. In fact, in Paul's uh, life, he was pretty prolific, was he not, in uh, writing the books of the New Testament. And yet he had this weakness, this thorn in the side, whatever it was. David ends this, uh, this uh, song uh, with the last two verses that I really like. It says, Search me and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is anything offensive in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That should be our attitude when we come in front of God. God, I know you are all-knowing, and I know you're all-present, and I know you are all-powerful. And if I know all those three things, I know that you're in charge. And the response isn't, I know you're in charge, so fix this. But rather it's, I know you're in charge... So that there's anything in me that's wrong, let me get it right so that I can understand who you are. Right? Search me, God, and, and, and search my heart. Know my heart. Know my anxious thoughts. And if I've done anything to offend you, remind me. And lead me in your ways, everlasting, eternally. See, the problem isn't that God thinks you're special. The problem is that you have a hard time accepting that God thinks you're special. You may have a hard time thinking that he's all-knowing or all-powerful or all-present. And so you struggle with the idea that God would care enough to take care of you. And you struggle with the fact that you are special. So let me encourage you this morning. God sent his son Jesus to this earth to live a life of perfection. 
When's the last time you saw someone sacrifice their child for someone they didn't even know? God sent His Son to this earth for you because you are special. Because He loved you so much that He was willing to give of His own child for your eternity. Why? Because He thinks you are special. Guarantee that there are people here this morning struggling with that idea. As we prepare to pray and as we sing our last song, we're going to offer the altar. I want to offer the altar. I'm more than willing want to pray with you. Because I know for some that even hearing this psalm was hard to hear. It was hard to accept that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And for some, it may be, you don't understand. My family doesn't even think that I'm special. How could God think I'm special? He knows us better than we know ourselves. And he thinks we're special. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you this morning. We're thankful for this psalm, this song, that David would cry out to you, reminded that you knew him so well and you still felt he was so special. Lord, you love us in spite of who we are. It says in Scripture that you loved us while we were still enemies of the cross. While we were people who hated you, you loved us. Lord, for anyone this morning whose heart is broken, whose life is a mess, for anyone, Lord, who hasn't begun a relationship with you. For anyone, Lord, who doesn't feel special because they are a child of you. I pray, Lord, you'd call upon them this morning. Call upon their hearts. Soften them that they would bring their struggles to the altar. That they would call upon you. Lord, for those who aren't sure, and the scripture reminds us at the end, search me, God, know my heart, and make me aware of anything that sticks in between me and you. Lord, I pray that you'd put that upon our hearts this morning. In your name we pray. Amen.